You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends. Welcome to our first summer snack stack. I'm Sydney. And I'm Nia. And I'm Annie. During the summer season, we're going to give you snack size stacks to keep you up to date with what we're reading. <laughs> Nia, let's start with you. What are you reading right now? Uh, so I've picked up a book called Arsenic and Adobo by Mia Manasala, and I hope I did not completely butcher her name. I It just came, it came out last year. There's the second one just came out this year, which is probably how I, I found it. It came up in an email list or a recommendation somewhere and it looked really good. So uh, I went and found the first one. I haven't quite started it yet, but uh, it looks really good. It was a RUSA award-winning novel and RUSA is a reference and user services association. And that's part of the American Library Association. Thank you for um, defining that for all of us that needed to know what that was. <laughs> Right. I mean, I could speak acronym, but let, let's be honest, it's not very nice. So not, not everyone um, that listens to this has a master's in library science. Nope. Yeah. Well, and, and only, only two out of the only, people that record only, it do. It's two. So <laughs> it's two. the one of us that has no idea what's happening really appreciates you explaining it for me. I mean, us. I mean, the listeners. Yes. All of our friends. Well, I, I, I hang out. I, I hang out with military people that speak in acronym and I'm like, you guys are speaking a whole different language, y'all. I can't keep up. So I try this really hard not English, to do that. It doesn't sound like English. Exactly. I don't speak that flavor of English. So, <laughs> um, and I try, or you have acronyms that mean completely different things. So I try really hard not to do that. So this is a Rusa winning, not award winning novel. It looks fantastic. So I'll read the back to you guys. And it's it, when Lila Makapagal moves back home to recover from a horrible breakup, her life seems to be following all of the typical rom-com tropes. She's tasked with saving her Tita Rosie's failing restaurant, and she has to deal with a group of matchmaking aunties who shower her with love and judgment. Because what <laughs> else do your aunties do, right? That's what they're yeah. for. Uh, yeah. But when notoriously nasty food critic, who happens to be her ex-boyfriend, drops dead, right? Ooh drops dead moments after a confrontation with her her life quickly swerves from a Nora Ephron romp to an Agatha Christie case oh right it sounds really familiar yeah it, it's, I'm trying to figure out where I heard about it but it was one that I also thought I need to read that I feel like this is a movie that would be on Hallmark Channel yeah I maybe not when maybe not when it turns into the murder but just like the right. beginning of it just all of the tropes yeah, maybe yeah. not <laughs> it, with the cops treating her like she's the one and only suspect and the shady landlord looking to finally kick the Makapagal family out and resell the storefront. Lila's left with no choice but to conduct her own investigation. Armed with the nosy auntie network, her barista best bud and her trusted dachshund, Longanisa, because what else would you name a dachshund? I love that. Yep. That's fantastic. Uh, Lila takes on this tasty, twisted case and soon finds her own neck on the chopping block. Ooh. I am all for the books with the nosy auntie network, right? Just sign that me just up. sounds like and so much fun. Yeah. See all the things that they can do. <laughs> so this, I, this sounds super light and super fluffy. I mean, yeah, it's a mystery book with murder, but you know, that it, it just sounds like a very nice palate cleanser from a lot of some of the heavier stuff that I have been reading, especially while doing research for, for blog stuff. So I'm excited for this one. Well, I'm excited for you to read it and tell us all about this one. 
Yes. Yep, I'm excited so, to hear what you think after you finish it. Yeah. That is what I've got lined up. Sydney, what do you have? So my current book is, is not as cozy as yours. <laughs> I, There's I know no aunties all. running around trying there to are, you know, uh, there are everybody no aunties. Up. I'm going to blame Loki though, because <laughs> there's there's definitely going to be some mischief. The book that I'm working on right now, I say working on because I, I I keep going back and forth between reading it physically and then listening to the audiobook. But it's called the Children. It. I I really like having the freedom to be able to flop and flip back and forth, however I feel. This book is called The Children of Ash and Elm. It has a really cool cover of uh, Norse longship on the like mm-hmm. it's like the nose oh, cool. of the longship on the cover oh. it's just very intriguing like the the cover drew me in for sure but it's by neil price it was published in 2020 so it's fairly new i keep forgetting that it's not still 2020 like to me 2020 <laughs> just hasn't ended yet like the it's only just way not i done. know that it did is because my kids have gotten older that's it i think i just same that's i it. just feel like summer break of 2020 was really more like spring break and then we came back and kept going yeah and then like i keep forgetting this already 2022 Mm-hmm. Almost 2023, so, kind of, because you know I, the year's almost over. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Nia said her book was published last year, and I was like, it was published in 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so, my funny note on that, I actually put in my my notes published this year, and then I went, no, no, it's just not kidding. 2021. Nope. Nope. So time oh, has passed. Time. Yep. Time throws me for a loop. But this book is really well written. Neil Price has a fantastic narrative style in his history mm-hmm. telling and he weaves in the mythology that defines who the Vikings were as part of his history telling because it's part of the experience that that made them who they were. And so the whole first chapter is all about how the mythology kind of is explained and woven in and how there's not one true explanation of what Norse mythology was because it's a bunch of series of little snippets that come from t- large time gaps honestly and it it has pulled me in very quickly I'm going to read the cover jacket to you it may not be as intriguing to you as it was to me and that's totally <laughs> fine because not everyone goes oh it's summer I'm gonna read a book about Norse mythology and history that's and true. that's okay but I'm excited you, you so I want to s- share it with you anyway <laughs> You'd be surprised the number of friends I have who actually are all over that. So I'm super excited to hear about this book. Okay. I'm excited to share it with you and your friends and any other friends that are listening that are like, no, I'm part of that group. That's me. (laughs) I like history. The definitive history of the Vikings from arts and culture to politics and cosmology by a distinguished archaeologist with decades of experience. The Viking Age from 750 to 1050 saw an unprecedented expansion of Scandinavian peoples into the wider world. As traders and raiders, explorers and colonists, they range from eastern North America to the Asian steppe. But for centuries, the Vikings have been seen through the eyes of others, distorted to suit the tastes of medieval clerics and Elizabethan playwrights, Victorian imperialists, Nazis, and more. None of these appropriations capture the real Vikings or the richness and sophistication of their culture. Based on the latest archaeological and textual evidence, Children of Ash and Elm tells the story of the Vikings on their own terms, their politics, their cosmology, and their religion, their material world. Known today for a stereotype of maritime violence, the Vikings exported new ideas, technologies, beliefs, and practices to the lands they discovered and the peoples they encountered, and in the process were themselves changed. From Elric Bloodaxe, who fought his way to a kingdom, to Gudrid Thorbjarnadlodl, 
Good job. That is, I uh, genuinely Mm -hmm. apologize. That was, it was a long name I wasn't prepared for. You did a great job. uh, Oh, Gudrid (laughs) Thorvidjarna's daughter (laughs) was the most traveled woman in the world. That was the end of the sentence. I just missed a phrase and I had to hurry finish it because all of a sudden I was like, oh, that was actually really interesting. I want you to know who Gudrid Thorvidjarna's daughter is. That sounds like a very... (laughs) broad book full of a lot of information which isn't a it's, bad thing no, it sounds really not interesting you sit and binge it's definitely right. one that you take your time through but i i have gone through i've gotten through the first chapter so far and i am super stoked to see what happens next so do you like yeah. it on audiobook or in physical form better because you said so you're doing I, both right i am doing both i keep flipping okay. back and forth based on where i'm at and what i'm doing but I really like the physical copy that I have, but I also really love the audiobook because the narrator has a very Dan Jones-esque voice. It's this really mm. rich British voice that reads, and he is just lovely to listen to. I don't know who the, the <laughs> audiobook narrator is. I should have looked that up since I'm giving him kudos and props, but the narrator of the audiobook is just, just so pleasant to listen to. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad that you're enjoying both forms and that it's translated well. Yes. Because sometimes these heavy books don't translate super well between the two. Yeah. I think maybe because it's, I don't know, an archaeologist instead of a historian Mm. that, I don't know, I kind of am picturing this guy as like a modern day Indiana Jones. (laughs) That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone. Nope. (laughs) I like that. Oh, if if he's who I'm thinking of, um, because I'm absolutely abysmal with names. Um, but if he's who I'm thinking of, he actually has a really good reputation for being very good about what he does and not, you know, extrapolating random hyperbole. But uh, again, I'm not going to hundred percent swear to that because I'm terrible with names. So. Well, if either of you come up with it, we can always come back. I'm okay with that. We can have a little segment true. at the end. Hey, we remembered. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, Annie, what are you reading right now? So is it I, a history book? It is not. Sorry, this is I was on a cruise and history just did not sound like something I would enjoy in the middle of the ocean. So Understandable. I didn't read a history book. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I, a friend of mine emailed me and she said, Hey, did you know that this author is coming to town? And I said, wait, what now? And so I immediately looked her up and ordered two of her books and I finished one of them before she got here. And then I finished the second one on my cruise. And turns out that she has written some New York Times bestsellers. And I live in a very small, not a small city in Texas, but, you know, not Dallas. And she came all the (laughs) way from Australia. And I thought, okay, this is a big deal. Like, I actually have to. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. When I looked her up, I thought, what? Okay, let's do that thing. That's cool. Yeah. So the first one that I read is titled The Good Sister. And it's by Sally Hepworth. Uh, I had never heard of these before partly because I don't usually get my books from Target or Walmart <laughs> and they're very mass, mass paperback. They're not mass paperback, but they're very, you know, book clubs, gifts. Like I need to buy a book for someone and I don't know what to get them. And this looks pretty. So I'll buy that one. Gotcha. Okay. So I've never read them before, uh, but this one was published in 2021 which was last year. Which was last year. <laughs> and Just I, making sure we're all still clear on right? what time it is. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Mm, I can't remember if it's this one 
or if it was the one that I read after that talked about COVID, but that's where we are in publishing. Yeah. Where books that came out after 2020 have a little segment. Oh, and during COVID I was doing this, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I read just a weird. true crime one like that, where it was like, oh, that person I interviewed, I'm glad I got to them because they died of COVID. And you're like, oh, we oh. talked about that in a previous stack. We did. That was that was in our true crime stack. It was. Well, this one is fiction. And so even the fiction authors are including a little segment to put it, to put the story in a contemporary time period. It makes it more realistic. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder if that's going to stick or if authors are going to say, are going to go with a more broad timeline and not necessarily attach it to 2020. I don't know. It would be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's this book about? Anyway, so uh, both of the Sally Hepworth books that I read, I'm going to call them domestic thrillers. Okay. But there's right. no murder. They're, I don't know what the correct term would be other than it's a mystery it's a thriller with housewives and families. No, and domestic thriller sounds. That, that like, feels yeah, like a fail. Yeah. That's where I'm going to throw. Yeah. So it follows two sisters, Rose and Fern, and they have plant names for a reason. They're adults uh, and it follows their relationship. Fern has autism and she works in a library. I did not know that before I got the book. It was just a happy accident. And then Rose is a wife who wants children, but she cannot have children. And Fern, with the way that her brain works, decides to have a child and give it to her sister. She says, I can have children. You cannot. This is something I can do for you because I love you. So I'm going to have a baby, not tell you about it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my question. And then I'm going to give you this baby as a gift. I don't have to deal with it you get your baby. I feel like this is going to go really wrong, really fast. It does real fast. So it follows each, each chapter is from one of their perspectives. Okay. And the author does a really good job. Those are two very different perspectives, you know, a neurotypical brain versus a neurodiverse brain, neurodiverse brain. And just the writing is good. So you do see a difference between the two, but you also like, as I was reading it, I thought, which sister am I? I don't know. Because in the beginning, you don't know how their brains are different. You just know that they are. Mm -hmm. So then things get complicated because, you know, having a baby for your sister and not telling her um, gets complicated. Yeah, I can imagine. Shocking. And, you know, in order to have a baby, there must be another party involved. Yeah. So she meets a boy and decides, hey, you seem like a really good person to have a child with that I'm not going to raise. Oh. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Right, right. So things happen. And through this relationship with her, becomes her boyfriend, uh, he starts to bring up things with Fern about her relationship with Rose and kind of opens her eyes to what's really going on and whether or not it's a good idea to give someone a baby. And Without talking not, to them first? Yeah, yeah, well, just in general. And whether or not Rose should be raising a baby and she's holding back secrets. I don't want to give away too much. Their mother is in a facility and she has dementia. And she told Fern, do not let Rose have your baby. Oh. And so that just unpacks all this stuff. Wow. Interesting. 
Yeah, it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I've never read a book like this before. I don't read domestic thrillers. I just don't. Um, But it was really good. I finished it in like three days. Wow. I can see why. Yeah, I really, really liked it. It was good. It wasn't very long. Does the second book pick up with the same story? Like, No, the second book is completely different. But it's the same type of thriller. So you don't get to stick with the characters. The story is done. It's a it's a one and done. One and done. Yep. Yep. That's good for people that don't want a series. It is. You can either read history books or domestic thrillers. Or a cozy mystery. Or a cozy (laughs) mystery. Three options. So many choices right now. (laughs) It's summertime. We need all the choices we can get. All the choices. If we have young children, we're going to the library twice a week. If we have older children, we're going to the library twice a week and the bookstore twice a week for story time. We need the books. Yeah. And if there aren't children in our lives, we're going to the bookstore five times a week because we have air conditioning. I feel seen. <laughs> I feel seen. And, a and if we attacked. have pets, we're going to PetSmart, which also sometimes carries books and always has air conditioning. And has that's air conditioning. true. That is true. Texas, y'all, it's awful in the summer. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've 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 been hitting the nineties around here in Maryland, and it's you know seventy percent humidity and ninety oh. degrees. No, thank you. I no, think it you. might be 65 degrees outside today. It, it, oh. It's weird. It's really, we had really a, weird. We've had a high of 60. I think yesterday's high was 68 and it was 64 the day before. Like oh. Utah is, is clinging it's, to spring as long as it can. Yeah. But summer's coming for you. Summer is coming so it's hard. Coming, it's going to smack it's us in the face. Awful. And the drought is going to be horrible. Yep, it's coming. Fire season will be upon us. Summer's coming for everyone. Yeah. Stay safe. So that was the good sister. Stay home and read books. Stay home and read books. <laughs> in the stay air conditioning. Home in stay the air home conditioning. Air conditioning yes. and read books. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Annie. You're welcome. And thank you for your cozy book, Nia. Yeah. And you're welcome for my history book. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> There's it something for everyone. Awesome. It sounds awesome. They all both, a little, both, little both. bit of yeah, They all do. Yeah. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening to this snack stack chapter of the book stack. As we sign off, we'd like to leave you with some food for thought, and we'll see you next time when we take a look at what we're reading now or next this summer for our second installment of our summer snack stack. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books mentioned in our stack. If you read a book from the stack, let us know what you think on social media. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. Everything good, everything magical happens between the months of June and August. Jenny Han, The Summer I Turned Pretty.